0: Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, great to be podcast. This is episode 20 of the podcast, and it's with local artist Joe Muir. She's based at the Anatomy Rooms, and this is actually interview took place in her studio at the Anatomy Rooms. It was a really um, great chat with Joe. This was probably recorded back in early May, so it's a really nice chat to kind of round off the May's episodes. Um, yeah, so we kind of covered quite a lot during our discussion. We spoke about Joe's kind of recent work, um, it was called Darkness Can't Exist in the Light. Covered, um issues around loss and change and much more. I know Joe has a new exhibition coming up in August that's called Out of Sight and Out of Mind. I think that's gonna be Friday, the third of August, at the Anatomy Rooms. So yeah, I really enjoy chatting to Joe, man. Definitely good people. I think um, she's got a wealth of like experience in what she's been doing and it was really great getting to know her over that kind of episode and I'm quite conscious that I did swear a lot as well for some reason I was listening back to it the other day and I was kind of swearing a lot towards the end but don't worry, I wasn't swearing at Joe um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and um, yeah, let me know what you think and I'll catch up with you on episode 21 right, bye for now
1: just now I was going to do that a bit um, yeah yeah just so you can like yeah yeah I was kind of like I'm still buzzing from watching that Donald Glover video did you watch it? is that the
2: one that I shared
1: on Facebook? no I am not, not follow you on Facebook This is America Donald Glover yeah yeah, yeah. I showed it oh, oh sorry I didn't know what the f- <laughs> it's amazing man it's amazing yeah. but like I watched it this morning yeah. and it was just almost like I really like
2: the way he looks in it yeah.
1: When he does that bit where it's like almost
2: like he's like fucking crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just where he just turns around, just like just like sprays that choir of boots. Yeah. Like, okay. I think, I think that kind of oh, like, expecting that? I know it's just kind
1: of funny now because like um all the internet's gonna go and like a buzz of that kind of like.
2: How do you?
1: How, what do you think of it? I think he just touches on so much stuff, like the pose in the the first bit, um the where it starts. Where he shoots the guy in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. That's like a pose from an old poster from like, um, I think like in America, like from the 1800s or something. Um, it's like Jim Crow, when people from the oh, South kind of moved yeah. over. They made they made these kind of propaganda posters. And it's like yeah. a pose that they would have like a, like a black person kind of yeah, like that. Yeah. Right, that ready. Yeah. So this dog had like shared this thing,
2: and I was just like, it was like I was like, Jesus. Yeah, so kind
1: of he's got some deep cuts in there, man. So like, he's kind of like, even like the, the shooting was based on that kind of. The Charleston, I think it was like the choir, wasn't it? No, the church, the African-American church that got shot by a young guy. Uh, it must have been a couple, must have been 2015. I think oh, he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. went. Yeah, he went in there and he shot up. But then he think he was that guy in a though? Yeah, he was white, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it I was almost
2: like, oh, you must have been crazy. Not yeah, yeah. I like he yeah. Had yeah. An issue
1: I, think he's, I think he said he had a bit of reservations even because everyone was so welcoming in the church. So he had second thoughts about even doing it. But a big uproar was that He got bought like a, you know, on his way to the police station. You know, I think like, and I think at the end as well, when he's just kind of like running for his life, it's probably thinking like this is, yeah, the fear, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like, oh, I probably had that kind of fear. but not that scale in America, because luckily police, police in the UK have guns, but not in that kind of. It's not so open though, is it? It's not like you don't get that sense of
2: like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I like, when I
3: when I lived in London.
2: Yeah. I remember there was like loads of
3: like it wasn't long after. Yeah, I'm like, saying yeah too much again. <laughs> <laughs> I... They bought that uh, bomb. It was seven. 11, what was it called? What was the date of it? The Bomb
2: with the um, like they bought buses and everything. Oh, seven. Seven seven. Two thousand and five. That yeah yeah. And it was not long after that, and there was a guy like in my flat yeah. that was like shared my flat with me, and mm-hmm. he was just. Like I
3: think he, he genuinely just had a beard, right. he got like stopped because he had a backpack. Yeah, uh,
2: another right. mate that was from Manchester, and he was like half like Iranian or something. He, he used to get stopped. People were getting like stopped like yeah. for nothing, and yeah. it was just like there was so much judgment based on like colour and like perceived like nationality and stuff. And yeah. I just find that really yeah. fucked up. Like
1: yes, yeah, it's, it's a fucked up world, and I think he's kind of highlighted it in a way.
2: But it's, so, it's also like really tongue in cheek because yeah. there's this like sense of him just going straight back into almost like yeah. High School Musical style like yeah. group dances yeah. and then he just like walks off yeah. and then goes into the next thing and
1: it's just is kind of funny like the how the movement how, is very yeah. I
2: like the bit on the top of the car
1: yeah kind of like throwback to a bit of a Michael Jackson kind of just yeah, like, like break out yeah really but cool. there's that kind of bit as well how the guns uh, the handles of care that the young kid comes and it with, with a red cloth like almost like a ceremonial cloth and yeah. stuff. So now man, I think like more props to uh, someone like him and what he's doing. Cause I remember I listened to his first stuff in the years, like Childish Gambino stuff. It's more kind of geared towards mainstream hip hop, if you say. But now I think like, you know, his last album was amazing. Mm. You know, he's someone that's kind of like got something that kind of works for him. He's kind of like gone through all these kind of creative processes. He's like kind a of, like they say, that typical word, that triple threat kind of thing, is it? Sorry, like well, Everyone's oh, just, li- no. everyone just listening to a midway conversation. I think we just kind of just record when chatting away um, to the Create Me podcast. Um, I was gonna stop and say, oh, sound check, but talk to you. <laughs> no, I'm okay. totally fine. Okay, but... yeah. So yeah, Create Me podcast. This is episode 20, and this week with Joe Muir. Did Muir, I pronounced Muir, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Good morning. laughs> um, I met Joe. what's we been what? A couple of weeks ago? A few weeks ago? Yeah. It was at um, a screening, um, well, kind of a, cha- a podcast chat for Nathan, who does um, Mood Swings, his podcast and stuff. And you guys, we set up, re- it really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really, um, cause I think, like, you bought a t shirt as well. <laughs> I was just kind of like yeah. messaging back and forth and we're finally meeting you and stuff. Yeah, like I that. kind of saw
2: what you were doing, and yeah. I just kind of think that it's really good to see someone come from somewhere completely different. Yeah. Obviously, this is your home now mm-hmm. and stuff, but, like, for you to like come and, and like be an advocate for like creative people she in the yeah. city and like be promoting the city itself yeah. and like see the potential in it and the people I in it and I think that that's you know you're what, through what you're doing you're actually creating real good crossovers between people and you're letting creatives hear about other creatives yeah, that maybe yeah. they've always wanted to know that little thing about why do they do what they do yeah. and. This sort of thing like that
1: just opens that up. Yeah, definitely, and I think plus I just like to have a chat and a ramble, so <laughs> kind yes, of like. Me too. To, Yeah. It a a few boxes for me, but yeah, like I was looking over the stuff that you know that you sent me, and it's very kind of interesting. I could see like from even from your website in the description of actually how you kind of just transition in your kind of creative journey. Um, but what I'm definitely interested in, which I kind of realised the recurring theme from our start of podcast episode, is like very much interested in people's creative journeys and what their influences were. So Mm -hmm. if you could kind of just tell the listeners a bit about briefly or how long you as you want to (laughs) kind of get into like how your creative journey kinda started.
2: Well, I guess like um I don't come from a very arty arty family. Um in fact I'm like one of only two artists in my entire family and the other artist is a kinda long distance relative so it's not kinda second cousin Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um so it's, it's quite distant. Um, but I went to Grays, uh, from a little kid, I always, always was like, loved art and stuff. And I was in my degree at Grays in sculpture. And then when I graduated from Grays, um, I only had like a month and then I went straight down to London and did my masters at, um, University of Arts London, but it was like Wimbledon School of Art. And I studied sculpture there as well. In both senses, though, it was like the loosest you imagine that people will say to me, like, oh, what do you, what do you carve, like, yeah. what do you make, like, I'm always just like, yeah, maybe look at my website, I don't really know how yeah. to describe yeah. it, because it's, I always kind of say that I kind of like to make installations, yeah. I kind of want to make something that is an experience for um, the viewer in whatever level that is, um, and yeah, like, loads of things influence me, I mean, originally, my f- favourite art was all like minimalist art when I first started studying um, sculpture, and it was all like Donald Judd, Witt, like just classic things you get taught in art school. Um, but then when I did my MA, I remember there was this really like, funny moment because I'm not really a reader, and there was this like you know, the bit where you get to have the reading list in my MA when I went to London, and I was just like thinking, oh god, I'm not going to be able to do this, It's going to be loads of books. and. I'm just like, makes me sound like I'm totally ignorant, but like, <laughs> um, and it was a list of movies, Aye. so it was all these like films and I feel like sometimes the visual like theatre of like film and, um, things like that, like music videos, like I'm really into, into that, like, um, there's lots of things, aspects of like everyday culture, like really random stuff like I can just see like a piece of clothing or I can see like a shape and architecture and sounds all very whimsical but like all these things seem to like join up together in my head and turn into like these sort of like fantastical ideas which probably ten years ago I probably would have thought like oh no that don't make that it's a bit weird people are going to be like what like look at me in a funny way and, and all the rest of it and now I'm just like nah it's good to make it because mm-hmm. it's I think it's like if it's if it's playing on your mind and it's something that you're thinking about constantly I just think it's really important to like get it out there like yeah. make it and you know it might be a success it might not be but um yeah like it's kind of like cool where I go from but yeah
1: and what is that kind of like then because I know like um obviously I'm from London mm-hmm. and my kind of brief stint or kind of revolving the kind of creative community, it's kind of like where like, kind of cut off Sure, deliberately from my kind of point of view, from the kind of leaving early, thinking sack this. But when you was down there, what year was that? Uh, it
2: was, it was Ages ago now. Was, oh. I graduated from Gray's in two thousand and five, so yes. I was down in London like two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Okay. Um, it was quite a big thing going down there um, for me, like because it was like the first time I'd ever really like left home. So from that point of view, going down there, it was a massive change. Something that I thought, a place that I never thought that I would ever be able to get used to within a year. I was just part of it. Okay. And I remember listening to you talking on a podcast about what it's like to live in London and the sense of, like, you know, there's, like, a very, like, everybody's, like, in their own kind of tunnel vision and, like... When I first got there, I thought everyone was really rude and like people were bumping into me, and I was apologising, and they were looking at me going like, "Why are you apologising? Like, don't talk to me." And, and I was just like, "Oh my god, yeah. this is crazy." Yeah. And then by the time I left, I was just like, "Get out of my way." Do you know what I mean? And, but I w- one thing I would say, as much as like, um, it was a mat, it was a re- it was something that was really good for me to do because as a city and the way the art world. Works down there, it's like so. It's like a total, it's like a microcosm, it's like a little bubble where they don't see anything outside of it. Yeah. And even when I was there, I started to forget about everything outside of it. It was just like, what's happening here? What's happening in different parts of the city? Like, you know, where's the latest gallery? You know, what what, what should you be involved in and stuff? And um, it was just so exciting. Mm-hmm. But when I came back, I still felt very much like, oh, I've got look, I like so much like adrenaline to do like all these things, like I really want to be involved in stuff and um I could see a lot of potential but I felt like a lot of people there was a lot of like talk and not a lot of like stuff happening. And that's not to say that I was doing stuff, but it's just but then I met um my friend Sarah um Stanley and she got in touch with me when I first went back from London and she uh, basically said, oh, do you want to meet for coffee? And we met for coffee, and she said, do you want to do a show at Project Slogan? And Project Slogan was like a space that she started in Torrey, and True. it was like, just a really great space. It was also her studio, but she was doing exhibitions with artists, people right. were coming from different cities, yeah. and, um, you know, often, like, they were just coming because they wanted to show work, mm-hmm. they were interested in doing stuff like that, and... And it was really interesting to see because, like, even the people that had kind of been in the year below me at Grey's, they were all part of it, and there was this real sense of like community in yeah. it. Um, John was there, John Reed was um, there through all of that as well. And yeah, it was just like a really nice feeling of like support and everyone being kind of in the same way, yeah. sort of thing. So I kind of did a show there and kind of helped her a little bit when I'm huge and just like doing things like helping with drinks at openings and stuff. and um, it, it was just really great. I just, I just felt like it was exactly, it was the only kind of accessible thing at the time that was there for artists in Aberdeen. Yeah. To be part of without the, you know, at the time I said I was trying to put posters in Aberdeen Art Gallery for our shows and they were like, no.
1: Wow. And this is like what 2007,
2: 8? Yeah, probably like eight, two thousand eight. so That's when, um that was the year I made my first costume. Right. Oh, yeah so <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a story but, um, <laughs> do you
1: want to get into that story or not <laughs> so, well <laughs> basically
2: um in my final year at graze i got into aberdeen society Art society exhibition the art gallery and then the year i came back i thought oh i'll put a piece of work in and yeah. it was a, a thing that i did, i had already made sculpture hand, hand molded the sculpture that i made and i'd taken it and put it in yeah it got rejected okay And I was kind of like in this frame of mind where I always thought, like, well, you know, I I think that, you know, if this is a show about Aberdeen artists, Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be the artists that live in this city. Yeah. Why why are they going to get to stop us, like, make them work or show work? So I got in touch with a friend of mine, and he did, had started doing um, performance stuff, and he'd gone to Grace as well. Yeah. And I said to him, how do you feel about performing outside the art gallery on the opening night of the exhibition? Cause I was like, what's the worst that can happen? You know, they're phone the police, you know what I mean? But, so, <laughs> basically, I was 25, I want to right. say. But, um, yeah, so I made this costume, mm. and we just kind of, like, were outside the space. I, I can't even call it a performance. You mm. look at it on YouTube. Right. And Sarah filmed it, so the whole way through it, she was filming it, so, like, they were very aware that she had a camera, all and right. it was all very, like, it's, like, really awkward, but yeah. then also kind of, like, Secretly, quite satisfying to kind of like just be like, you can't stop us. (laughs) Make the work we're gonna make. So so yeah, we did that. But like, aside from everything that happened during that, like for me, when I think about doing costumes, it made me really aware of like, okay, I maybe have made this wearable sculpture, but have I actually thought about how people, what people are expecting uh, when they see me, like are they expecting me to, like, dance about and, like, be a performer? And then I was like, I've never done this. And like, maybe I haven't thought this through properly. And then I was like, oh, no. So I kind of, like, abandoned that and yeah. went into more, like, started making, like, self-published split books. And um, with my ex, I actually we started up this, like, kind of, like, semi-collective called the Gums and Knives Club, okay. where basically... Um, we wanted to hopefully, like, find artists that wanted to make work, like, book-based work, mm-hmm. and try and make, like, um, help them produce their books and then do book fairs and almost create, like, a publishing house. Yeah. But it never really, um, came to anything. It was a lot of chatter and mm-hmm. a few couple of book fairs, but mm-hmm. nothing really got going with that. Um, but we always wanted to keep this Guns and Nights Club thing, So we always thought That's such a great name. Like, yeah. Like, we need to keep hold of it, like, but we just... I never ended up coming to anything more. Right. Um and then I got involved in like just like other parts of my life, I became a fashion merchandiser mm-hmm. just got on being like adulting, so to speak. Yeah. And my art kind of like my creative sort of output went into things like I was really into vintage clothes, so I started my own like vintage clothes sort of thing called wardrobe boxes and then did a couple of vintage fairs yeah. and then, started doing these um, Sunday parties at people's houses where we would turn their front room into like oh, uh, a yeah, like yeah. pop-up shop and and yeah it was it was cool but again there was like this lack of audience and mm. I used to think like that was the one thing I struggled with I always felt like there was such a lot of people who wanted to see that kind of thing when I was in London and I kept thinking if this was in London it would be mobbed but then yeah. I think that's just my perception through the idea of like more there's a shitload more people, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. thousands of people, mm-hmm. you know, we are a, like a relatively small, creative um, community in Aberdeen, and I think sometimes that can be to the detriment of events, that's why it is amazing when you see festivals getting so much attended yeah, and stuff. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, we can also make that a positive thing because there's, in a way, less, there's a less competitive side to it. Um, and more of
1: you respect back artists and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely kind of recognizing that being in like, you know, a smaller kind of city that there is that kind of mutual respect and genuine kindness and interest in what people are doing. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Touchwood haven't kind of bumped into everyone thinking like, wow, like they're an asshole there, you know, it's kind of, everyone seems to be really kind of good people, nice people, you yeah. know, I think it's just like doing this and like getting support from like people like yourself and other people it's kind of like it's just kind of really refreshing to think like oh, okay I'm on that right path and stuff like that but thinking like from what you're saying you definitely kind of almost seems like you have kind a of very kind of varied and interesting yeah sorry I went on a massive rant. no no no, no. no that's all good no but that's all I'm good because really, yeah. um, it's <laughs> kind just of just definitely interesting to hear that because somebody's saying well look in this kind of short space of time I've done this and I've done that and also kind of reflect and say, no, I did, you know, there's a bit of my creativity and I wasn't kind of, I was putting it into different kind of things and stuff, mm. right? So where did you kind of get back into that rediscovering that kind of creative side?
2: Yeah, well, um, about, I mean, sorry, this is like the sad bit of the chat, but about, <laughs> like people. Um, so four and a half years ago, um, actually, probably like four years ago, mm-hmm uh my dad passed away from cancer. Okay. Um, and it was quite a quick situation from diagnosis to death. So, that's just horrendous. Mm. <laughs> that's the title for a book. Mm. Um, but it was a thing that's happened in my life that has completely changed me as a person. And I didn't really understand how much it changed me until I sort of, like, carried on with my life after it happened. And, um two years after that, God, this two years after that the, my long-term partner mm-hmm. and stuff like split up yeah. and i think that was a lot to do with probably me changing as a person like i you know like and maybe yeah. not like i think i think reflectively it's no one's fault do you know yeah. what i mean but i think there was always like a part of me that was like i didn't really realize it until i started making work again but the loss of not being an artist was affecting me in a really like like negative way, and then um, now what? Well, basically, like after all that happened, all well, that happy joy joy. Um, <laughs> I think I needed. I, I was looking for somewhere to photograph stuff. I think I it was. I had an idea for a piece of work yeah. or so. I don't know. And I emailed Jim that runs the Anatomy Rooms, and he basically said, ah, oh, Joe, just come down and have a, have a nosy around. You've never, like, seen the studios. Yeah. Why don't you come and see it? So I was like, do you know what? I think I will. So I went, I came down, and did the whole like, sad bit. And then he gave me the tour, and I was like, oh, God, that's really exciting. And, oh, this is, this is like, what, what are we doing? And, and then he just kind of said, like, you know you could apply for a studio. And I was just like... I took it like super seriously, mm-hmm. like full application I was yeah. thinking, I'm not, I've got a chance. And <laughs> I think I kind of like lost my confidence yeah. as well, like as an artist, probably, because I had a big gap. Mm-hmm. And then he just was like, yeah, you got it. Oh, nice one. So moved in and um, mm-hmm. just like it was just really nice, like interacting with other artists and creatives again, mm-hmm. just having chats about things like that, like being able to talk about things and not feel like a weirdo because you've got this weird idea for like something completely random and like they're like they're going yeah instead yep. of like are you okay <laughs> <laughs> so and it was nice because I obviously I work a full-time job mm-hmm. um so I kind of felt like I had a bit of myself back okay um which is incredibly yeah. important to me and it just kind of like I started making one piece of work and then it just kind of like exploded into like an idea and an idea mm-hmm. and before I knew it like this whole train of thought was happening and I became me and the guy that was in the, room, that yeah. in the room next to me not currently anymore but Ray Fisher like um, met on the first day when I moved in and he said to me oh do you want me to have a big studio and I was just like Oh, cool yeah, yeah. and just like chatted and listened to like well I made him listen to Old Bastards, Bastard like, quite likely. Uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> well i was probably dancing on All the ladder right. and, um, and uh, he was like <laughs> Yeah, we just, like, hit it off. We had a lot of, like, similar thoughts about art and about what we were, like, just things that we thought. And we started to talk about really weird ideas for work. And then we were, like, imagine we did, like, some collaborative stuff, like, Mm -hmm. became, like, a collaborative duo. Not, like, as our whole, our whole careers, but, like, just as a thing for a bit. And, yeah, one day we were talking about types of art we liked Mm -hmm. and I said to him, like, Oh, so I like squares, angles, like angular stuff. Yeah. Like I, I really hate circles. And he went to me like, "Are you? I don't know, you're a circleist?" We <laughs> were talking about surrealists and yeah. dadists and stuff like that. And I was like, "Circleist." I was like, "That would be a great name for our collaboration. Mm-hmm. So like, that's what's written on the wall yeah. inside. Um, so we did a couple of pieces, some video work, um, sculptures, stuff like that. Um, and then he moved out of the studios, and he wanted to concentrate on his music. And yeah. I was like really at a point where I was like, I have to start making this work that I want to make. Yeah. So, yeah, as you can see, I'm oh, yeah, into it's the easy. world of black. Yeah. Black's um, <laughs> 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 my favourite colour. <laughs> it's like all my work is black. <laughs> but um, hopefully not the new work. Mm. Moving on. But right. um, but yeah. yeah. So I Started making wearable. Well, it started with like photography and self-portraits, and then um, Steve from City Moves, they moved into the other side of the building, right. and there was a nice crossover between the two sort of like organisations. And then I got introduced to Steve, and he looked at my work, on my photographs, and he was saying to me like, "Oh, about, like, I was, like your photos. Like, you ever thought about doing performance?" And I was like, it happened Yeah. I could do it, I don't know, maybe, maybe I could think about doing it or try some stuff out and then I suddenly realised that actually, like, some of the ideas I was trying to convey needed movement yeah. to really convey them, oh, yeah. like, the way I wanted them to be and how I imagined them and obviously with all these, like, music's a massive influence on me and, like, um Obviously, music videos and dance things like that, and I started to start looking at loads of other things that I'd never really considered before and possibilities, and then kind of just was like, right, okay, I'm just going to figure out how to do this. And, yeah. And um, made the films that I showed you. Um, yeah. Last night and mm. created this big installation and it was part of dance live and yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah, because like you know you covered a few bit there and a few things mm-hmm. and. I mean, one thing that seems to come up for me, you know, like me personally as well, but also I think we even have a guest I've had on, they was kind of touched on, like, there's been a bereavement of a family member, and that's mm-hmm. kind of given them, not the intended spark, but it's kind of had a massive influence, and actually, possibly the same, like, fuck it, fuck it to the world, fuck it to the restrictions that, you know, that I would put on myself and stuff, and i kind of... I equipment from Rome, I couldn't kind of think that's kind of the moment when your father passed away. It's just kind of like, actually, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know, I think that for me, kind of like a lot of kind of stuff happened since 2015. And I think we'll get onto another podcast at some mm. point, because someone's actually mentioning that you don't really give yourself a lot away in the podcast, but this is your podcast. So I don't want to no, do no, this. No, no, you, oh, no, not at all. I don't want to go there. Like, yeah, um, it's just kind of a lot of things are going to be in the catalyst. I think this year, losing something at the beginning of this year as well, it's kind of just being like, do you know what? Was almost kind of that switch. I'm thinking like, and it seems it seems really kind of like strange to kind of speak about and saying like it's almost kind of like you have this internal switch that's always been there, and you know it's always been there, but then it's just kind of you kind of you just get in tune to it or something. I don't know how to explain that, but you know it's just kind of like, okay, this is what I'm doing, and then. If people you can become be like
2: satisfied with the mundane, I think, yeah, and it takes yeah. like a massive thing to happen mm-hmm. to make you go, actually, this isn't enough for me. Yeah, definitely. This isn't good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be doing the shit I was doing in art school. Mm-hmm. Like, that is who I am, and that's a massive part of me, mm-hmm. and it always will be. And, um, I don't know. what kind of like I kind of think like if I was still with my ex mm-hmm. and like, all this stuff, like stuff so I wouldn't be making art, I'd just be like moseying along, yeah. and I think it's incredibly important to make sure that you're doing what you need to be doing as a person and as an individual, mm-hmm. and like, the whole time my dad was ill, mm-hmm. like, he didn't want any of us stopping our lives, like, he kept going, like, why are you taking days off work and all mm-hmm. this stuff, and and he could never, un- and he was always like, he always kept this, like, face, yeah. like, that was like, I'm fine, fr- you know, mm-hmm. this is the way it is, and, um, So when it did all come to all hit the way it happened in the end was a massive like shock, but I think that. um Sometimes, like you say, you do need that to like, almost like, put you in that arse like, yeah. wake up yeah. and re- realise, like, stop wasting your life, yeah. like, get on
1: with it. Like, I think even for me, like, you know, you, I was kind of, also I work full-time as well, mm-hmm. and kind of doing a, doing a job that I enjoy, hey, and doing some kind of creative stuff with the young people I work with when I could, but it's very much the yeah. focus of actually, like, child protection and education and stuff like that. I think it's kind of like, not like, the, not deliberately, like, it needed to happen, but I also had those kind of bits, and it always seems to the like, like the older you get and the more you are in that full-time job it gets ebbed away ever so more, yeah. more and you get really kind of this like oh this is my career and this is like you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and, you, and, you, and I think it's just kind of like I don't know it's kind of it sounds really kind of poncy but like I think as a creative person do you think we kind of just think kind of differently about the world and see the world very differently and yeah. I don't know I think this is kind of like what I kind of see is definitely I know friends who are kind of like Creatives and we always kind of question everything a lot, you know. We always have this kind of question, and we just speaking like, you th- know, we didn't even have a proper intro to this episode, but I kind of speaking about that kind of Donald Glover video, This is America, and just kind of like, wow, like getting that buzz from it and thinking like, this is fucking amazing. Like, and I was also kind of thinking that like sometimes, oh, why didn't I think of something like this? What well, was good? Like, that's oh, not like, yeah. As a creative yeah, person, yeah. like
2: some of the stuff I see, mm-hmm. like, on, like, Clips on Facebook on my yeah, pages, yeah. And I'm like, why did I not think of that costume? Or like, <laughs> why? Did, like, that seems like such a simple thing yeah. to make. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, like, why does my mind not work like that? And yeah. it's almost like, but I think that in turn kind of like gives you a bit of fire in your belly to oh, be yeah. like, well, yeah, I might not have made that, but well, you know, I'm gonna get on something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What I mean? oh, absolutely. I think it's sometimes shocking when you meet people and they don't like question anything or they don't like. They aren't like inquisitive about stuff like yeah. that, like what we were talking yeah. about that video. Because, yeah. like, I, I literally was like, I have to share that. I watched that this morning and I yeah. was like, what am I watching? Because, like, in a way, I almost felt like, yeah, like, I, I just think that it's really great to like share these things yeah. and talk about things and have conversations mm-hmm. about stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, we're not all going to agree on stuff, you know, we yeah, all do very creative, different yeah. creative art outputs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as long as you're willing to have an
1: open conversation about stuff then mm-hmm. hopefully, you know Yeah kind of like all
2: have respect for each other. Yeah,
1: probably. yeah, definitely. And I think as long as kinda of like and anything you kinda of do, like that kind of any kind of creative thing you're doing, you're putting it out there, like I've said before previous episodes, you're putting like a lot of vulnerabilities out there mm. as well. You know, and I think for even myself I kind of do hold back on a lot of stuff. I don't know like for you do you when you're getting back into doing like your art and stuff was you kind of like had that internal like the fear or that kind of nervous anxiousness or just like shit like am i doing am i, uh, am I doing the right thing here are people gonna fucking or did you kind of think like actually not fuck it i'm down to do this and i'm
2: i think i probably was a bit like fucking yeah because to be fair like it wasn't really till the opening night mm. and i saw my phone <laughs> i saw that footage of me and that video projected yeah. masses in that nude bodysuit and yeah. i remember thinking what were you thinking? Mm. Look, at, look at that! Mm. Like, get that black paint on you! Like sharpish, <laughs> like, that is not a pretty sight! Right. <laughs> and before before that, I thought, like, the vulnerability of even being exposed to that level... Yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> I just kind of look at it and think, oh, jeez... But I thought, you know what? We've all got bodies, we all look the way we look, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and fundamentally, hopefully, what is happening in the video is much more important, and I yeah. think, like, um, like, I don't know if I've uh, said this to you, but, like, I don't um, ever explain my work, and I don't, like, write, bl- I don't write blurbs, like, in exhibitions, um, for people to read on a wall or mm. anything like that, and I don't do workshops, and it makes me sound like I don't do anything. <laughs> but, like, I just kind of think art is really about the experience and the yeah. magic of the moment and mm. the mystery of the work, and, for me, like, what my work is about mm. is really for me. Mm. And if I tell you, oh, it's because my dad died and I've got all this internal rage and, like, I feel like my heart's been ripped out mm. or this has happened and this has, like, fucked me up, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think that puts a heavy burden on the work because it gives that, like, a narrative mm. to it. Yeah. Whereas, like, when I open my exhibition and I'm standing in the middle of the room, Revolving on a like a, a thing in this costume, and there was this sound piece like wailing out, and then there was all these films playing. You know, people were walking into that room and had they all had very different experiences because it was their experience that yeah. they felt. And yeah. I had like one friend who told me that he like walked in, and he just saw me, and he literally had to like walk out because he right. just couldn't even believe it. He was right. like, "What?" And yeah. then he walked away and then walked back in. Yeah. And then other people who knew me who saw some of the films and found it really upsetting because they felt like they could see what the work was born from. Mm-hmm. And, but then I had like this really randomly a Buddhist monk. Oh, um, right. yeah, I think he, like, obviously, there's Buddhists everywhere, yeah. but like this um, Buddhist monk uh, was coming round the dance life um, Festival and stuff. And he was in the space one of the days it was open and he came up to me and he said i love the sound in the room mm-hmm. there's like such a like um feeling of like calm and like the way the beat of the sound mm-hmm. it sounds like um the drums that we use when we're like doing like what's it called
1: meditating yeah, yeah. meditation yeah.
2: and stuff and i was like oh it's true See, that's the thing you, you don't like Basically feed people information. Yeah, you can kind of someone. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I guess that will just come in and, and take information. It it. Like, uh, yeah, because I said I, I was watched um, a few like the videos you sent me, and it was kind of like you do. There, there is there is an emotional attachment or reaction that builds within you, and all that without being honest, about, you know. Mm-hmm. And this kind of like I think the video when you was kind of like crying. For me, I you know I had my own interpretation. Of that as well, and I think that's probably like the really interesting way you, actually the way you put your work out there because you're, I think you're 100% right. if You said the hair's a little script, there's a little bird, It's like, oh, We're going to see this piece, and it's about you know <laughs> you know <and> just like yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and, then, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and they come out and, then, exactly. and then people coming up to you after going oh my god I thought it was amazing you know I thought it like, I'm yeah. a really camp voice now but <laughs> I <think> I like <laughs> like, yeah yeah Everybody's missing out on that whole yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's just kind of like um yeah and you know and seeing like in one, one of the, think the first pictures and like you was there in like an all white um mm-hmm. bodysuit and then mm-hmm. you li- you end that completely covered in the black paint yeah. and it's also kind of like oh no like oh, oh, this is my interpretation of it probably like going through like the kind of transitions and obviously the whole being of how you look completely looked different after that obviously mm-hmm. as well and it's kind of like I was kind of wanting to kind of like you know pick your brain, thinking like where did that kind of come from and stuff. And you was kind of like, you're doing this this performance and people are watching that. And I think that's such an awesome way of engaging with the audience. Is mm. that you know they're coming and they're watching you, and they're making their own interpretation of that. You know I think that's probably like the mm. best way to kind of you know go about.
2: Well, when I made the, the film where yeah. I'm like covering myself in paint mm. like the whole of myself, mm. not like the one with just my face, like. Um, it was about like this move, like it started with it was about a movement, mm-hmm. and it was like to repeat a movement of like pulling in and being held, but then being then pushing it away, so like almost like pushing away, like the emotion. Black was more. I looked into a lot about like tribes and like um, what they did when someone in the tribe died, like the effect it would have, and um there was this tribe and they would paint themselves like white because they were black like they would look almost like ghostly and then I love this idea of like it being like the reverse of that And and how that would make, would it make me look ghostly, would it give me that feeling of like, like how, they do it almost to honour the dead but they also do it to like mourn them in the sense of like the the, mis- the, the sadness and the grief of death mm-hmm. and how you're cloaked in something mm-hmm. that isn't the person you normally are yeah. but it's something that you have to like be cloaked in for a period of time mm-hmm. to almost honour the situation and I looked into a lot into like Victorian mourning dress and that's where all the headdresses came from and like mourning jewellery and how there was like a lot of like black jewels used in it, and that's where all the sequins came okay, from, and yeah. like sort of faceted look to the work. And I, I read about this thing in Holland, like hundreds of years ago, like when women in Holland were like poor, like if someone and their their husband died, they didn't have enough money to have a, a headdress, a hat, mm. so they would lift up the but the top layer of their skirt and wear it over their head, okay. and they'd be able to see through the material it was right. really thin. Yeah. But that's what they would do, so they end up looking like almost like an hourglass, like walking down the streets and stuff. And I was just like really interested in like the way, because I've always been interested in how we can distort the human form. So, um, so there's like an object, and it's like a wearable sculpture, and that was what I found really funny in the show. Was like I was standing on that podium, and I was meant to just be an object in the room, Mm. but everybody just surrounded me in this ring and just watched me, and I was like. to yeah. And I was sitting there going, oh no. How did
1: you kind of like, how do you, when you're doing like a performance how do you kind of get in that headspace? Because for me, my mind's always on the go. So I don't know, like, there's probably a reason why I don't do a performance stuff like Because I was gonna like, be like, oh, fuck, I want a cigarette. I really want a cigarette. Oh, <laughs> like. I need to take a piss. I need to go to the toilet, you know. But how do you kind of get into that space and actually... When people, do you, do you kind of find people, not intentionally, are people kind of just like really trying to psych you out, stare you out
3: or... Well, I'm lucky because right. I'm blind without my glasses. Oh, okay.
2: Like, I can see your shape, yeah. but that's it. Right. So I wouldn't be able to see your facial expressions wouldn't okay. make me laugh. Right. Um, and I always wear um, earphones and oh. play music really loudly right. in my ears. And usually I play music that will sort of try and work with what I'm trying to the headspace okay. I need to be in so I can kind of like get into the zone and kind mm. of just internalize within this in the costume and um, because I'm not performer. I mean that little bit where I was in the sculpture at the beginning of that um, show wasn't really the main part of the show the yeah. main part of the show was the films mm-hmm. um, and I make films because I'm not a performer do mm. you know what I mean um, the way what I do by making films is the best medium to portray the idea that I thought of right. but it's not to say that in the future I might stop making films but at the minute I mean I call them films I keep thinking people almost think yeah she's a filmmaker <laughs> not, I'm not I'm making like five minute like right. little videos mm. but I just call them films because mm-hmm. it's easier but but um at the minute I'm just like really enjoying like seeing how I can push myself okay. and um I think you could portray a lot more when there's movement, and what like you said before, and yeah, when I was making those films, there was a lot of like, a lot of like, they were really emotional to make, like, because I mean, the painted one was horrific, it was horrendous, and there was paint in my, in my mouth, yeah. in, my, in, my, in my eyes, in my ears, it was like everywhere, and there's a lot of like a feeling of like, It's almost like a release. Mm. So, like, I'm all all my films as well. I make them just in one take with a static camera. I don't really edit them. um, Like, I don't take bits out. Mm. Whatever happens, happens. So, if it goes to shit, then that's what's happening. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not about making polished, like, edited things. Because Uh I think there's so much of that Uh in the creative realm anyway. Mm I'm trying to get across
1: a, a, a visual thing, yeah. and however that happens... Yeah, fun. I think I'm pretty much the same with the podcast, actually, by you know, audio. I, <laughs> I kind of think like, sometimes the, ba- the bits that are mistakes are actually make it...
2: Make yeah, it life, yeah, I,
1: mean? I think absolutely, I think as well, like, you know, like... If you're kind of creating anything, you know, you I think you have to allow for there to be mistakes and go with them. But you mm-hmm. don't have to perceive them as mistakes. Yeah. You know, and I think I'm, I'm getting used to actually doing that, but I don't... I'm not like a recording artist by any means but you know it's just kind of like, like like we're here we're in your studio and there's cars going like life's still going on there's buses there's people yeah. on their way home now you know and stuff like that I think that's awesome and I think like you know if you like you're saying if you're kind of doing something and then something happens or like if it goes to shit fuck it it goes to shit but we're still recording you know so yeah yeah. yeah I, think that's a really I think
2: it's kind of like I think it's more relatable in like a world where everything's so polished mm. and everything is sort of like, even the things that don't look polished, you feel like there's a sense of underlying that really they are, but they've yeah. been made to look like they <laughs> were. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it starts to feel like we live in part a virtual reality. I mean, yeah. so, you know, it kind of sometimes, like that video, yeah. there was a bit of me thinking when I watched that video, is this really amazing? Or is this actually like so past amazing that yeah. it's actually is it really that shocking or yeah. is it actually the reverse of that you mm-hmm. know like because we are so bombarded with all these kind of things visually anyway yeah yeah um, well, I think yes, it's like sort of like, nice. it yeah it's still amazing I just think it's like we said before it's interesting to question it whether it's right or wrong or
1: yeah yeah I think like you know we definitely kind of live in that kind of world where uh, you know, I think it's essentially you go through kind of this kind of different times, cycles of times. Like, yeah. I think you go through that kind of period when, like, you know, they say like you know the Obama years and everything was hunky-dory in America, and actually, we really look a bit closer, it wasn't. You know, oh. there's still a lot of bullshit going on. And even the UK kind of politics as well. But I think everything seems a very much heightened level now. Like, in the, and on the same sense, obviously, we've got like a Tory government, and also we've got like Trump in America and stuff like that. And so, everything now is kind of like this. Like, like a massive magnifying glass net. But then yeah. it's kind of like me being very pessimistic, saying, well, nothing's really changed, it's just sort the same thing. But you just kind of feel like it's at like a heightened level, you're thinking, like, oh, these, these arseholes here and that arsehole over there, you know. So, yeah. It seems to
2: be like the bizarre is just the everyday nowadays, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. In age of Trump, <laughs> <laughs> it's like nothing <laughs> can really surprise anyone anymore like, yeah so i think we kind of just know know kind what of, what I mean, of like it's yeah jeez like, yeah like, and that's that why i think as an artist like just stay stay on the path that you're doing and like yeah definitely work and yeah i've never yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it's it's definitely interesting times even especially for like aberdeen i know when I spoke to you and I first met you a few weeks ago, we spoke about the um, Aberdeen... Cultural strategy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can speak about it if you want to, if not, it's up to you, I don't know. About kind so. of the, oh, right. Sorry, I that Yeah, because like, um, I remember speaking about it and I kind of downloaded the PDF, but I didn't even open it. And then you kind of mentioned that, you know, the front image was you on there. And since then I've seen that, I so, said, oh yeah, I've seen some of your stuff. Oh yeah, it's a, and I think there was that thing about, well, people not really being accredited, you know, even from that start, from the get-go of talking about culture and creativity for the next 10 years, and here's you on the front of this, you know, document, and, and there's no little, like, disclaimer, or little, like, words saying Joe Muir. I
2: don't you know. even like picture either. <laughs> 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 like nightmare. Um, yeah, so it's just I don't want to use the word shitstorm, but yeah. like, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I feel pretty like kind of. I don't know what the word is. Basically, it kind of like all started a couple months. Ago, well, I must actually probably was even a couple months ago. Mm. I was just sitting at work one day, yeah. and Mary actually like tagged me in her Instagram story because yeah. she was at a business breakfast and. It was like a picture of me, and, and I remember I was just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I was just like thinking because I said "AG Aberdeen's City of Commerce" or yeah, Chamber yeah. of Commerce, Chamber of Commerce or, people, yeah. Yeah, and I th- it was like the abbreviation of it, so I was looking at that even thinking, "I don't know what that is." Like, "Oh God, this is great." Um, I'm not in the loop at all. Yeah. Um, and she nicely, nicely enough, actually put my Instagram name on the picture yeah. in her story. Mm-hmm. So you know, doing our best to like be mm-hmm. like, oh, this is Joe, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And be really nice, and um, but I remember just thinking, when is this? What? What is this? What What's going, going on? on yeah. You know, I'm like sitting at work, like <laughs> doing some probably really crappy job, like absolutely knackered, and people are sitting somewhere getting their breakfast while they watch a talk, and like my face <laughs> is just on the front of it, and I was just like. Okay, and I didn't really know what to say to me because I knew that she was like trying to be like totally lovely and, yeah. and actually be like, oh yeah, Joe, Joe, yeah. you know what I mean? and I, But she obviously didn't know that I didn't like a picture even, no. so I didn't bother going into it with yeah. her or whatever. And later in the day, she sent me another picture mm-hmm. and it was the flyer and I'm on that as well. Yeah. So I was like zooming into that, trying <laughs> to see like thinking maybe somewhere, my name is somewhere, yeah. you know. But not even the photographer on that, on the flyer, was even mentioned. Uh, like, not uh, even like, where the photograph is from, yeah. like, the festival, anything. So I was like, this is really weird, because I specifically said that I didn't like those pictures to the person who did the festival. Yeah. I'm going to leave names out of this, because yeah. I kind of think it's easier that way. Yeah. Um, and I have actually got in touch with the person who, who ran the, did that part of the festival yeah. and he's apologised because he wasn't aware that I was never like, consulted at the yeah. time and I would like to point that out and, mm-hmm. um, but yeah like I just find it kind of, like I know a lot of people must think, oh Joe you're really ungrateful, do you know what I mean like, <laughs> you should be so lucky do you <laughs> know what I mean, like that's a cultural strategy for this city, yeah. and, you know look at you've got the cover mm-hmm. and but I feel completely the opposite because I don't understand how that is helping me in any way. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. without my name in that document,
1: it's just, it's just another face. The only people who know that's yeah. me
2: are people who already know me. Yeah. So that isn't helping me. Mm. This document is meant for a much wider audience than people in Aberdeen. So if any of them wanted to know who I was, they wouldn't know. Yeah. And um i actually got a friend of mine to email city council Aye. to inquire about the cover from an artistic it was me basically trying to catch them out and not me but like yeah. it was me trying to get my mate to do it and then um, that was like over a week ago yeah. and he emailed the creative learning team didn't even get a response Aye. and that was him asking because he worked in the arts yeah. and he was like really interested in the image and where the where it was sourced yeah. from not a Scooby, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then, I get to tempt, like, all these things people tell me, like, oh, you give me the cover, blah, 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 yeah. blah. i um, very impressed, this guy that mm-hmm. was on the board at TAR and stuff. And I remember, like, sitting there thinking, like, why should I be, like, why are you impressed? Yeah. Like, nobody's going to know that that's me. Mm-hmm. And, like, nobody knows who anyone in that document is. Yeah. And surely, like, that document... Covers like all the images in it cover loads of venues, loads of festivals, loads of people who are from here who have made done really well. Catherine Joseph, who's an amazing musician, she won the say Awards in Scotland, and and she is one in one of the images. And you know, even by mentioning like, you know, this is a photograph of Joe Muir's performance at Dance Live 2017, yeah. that's a festival acknowledged you know say the anatomy rooms the anatomy rooms of knowledge and it's making people out with the city realise there's loads of venues there's loads of different artists there's loads of people we could look into and they could be looking us up on other social media it doesn't have to have our links or Mm -hmm. anything like that Mm -hmm. but it's just that sense of like you know you didn't, even a- you know, you yeah. didn't even ask you know you didn't even ask you know and, and one of my friends actually said to me it's really funny that you've even been chosen to be the cover because <laughs> you've never and i was like cheers and they were like no but joel to be honest like the council never ever funded you for anything they've never supported you financially okay you're not you know this is the first festival you were ever in i was given like a really uh given a, 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 it was nice to be given it yeah. but i was given a small fee for being part of the festival yeah. um because the show i did was actually for the anatomy rooms right. it was brought into dance side and um, kind of as a sideline thing because i started got to know steve yeah. Um, so i was really appreciative of that i was really appreciative of the fee and i understand that you know they are City who's partly funded by our city council yeah. But at the end of the day, like, that's my work. Mm -hmm. And as an artist, you know, I should have some sort of, like, ability to control my image. Like, I get that, you know, you get people taking photos and they put them on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. But I think as an artist, it's really important to question, you know, if they had enough time to make the second page of that document credit every single photographer and their websites... Mm -hmm how come there wasn't space or time to put in... <laughs> <laughs> you are got to
3: not laugh. Sorry, <laughs> I need to just like tone it down. No, no no, <laughs> no, no, that's still good. No, that's still good.
2: But, yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The thing is, I don't even want... Yeah. I'm not, like, I've never wanted funding mm-hmm. or money or anything like that. Like, the reason I've got a job is to fund my work. Mm-hmm. And... And to be honest, the only thing I've learned from this is contracts and funding, like, really think before you sign anything or you take money for anything. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad to feel like that, because um, I think, you know, there's a lot of good things that are happening in the city, but there's a lot of things that are missing as well
1: yeah it's 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 one that just
2: like joined up thinking yeah well i <laughs> Talk went for, to each other. well i went for the council so <laughs>
1: joined up thinking doesn't really kind of mm. happen straight away it takes a while and it's been oh god we should have done it this way you know like yeah I've, i don't know i was kind of thinking that in the next 10 years of what they wanted to do you know it seems quite a bold kind of thing but always kind of thinking that the people that they should be speaking with and well not saying like people on the ground, but the people you know, like the like like know John Reed and stuff mm-hmm. like that and yeah. like Mary, and know she's got some wrong with that already. This kinda of like the people that who, who are doing things almost kinda of like under the veil a bit, you know, and they know what to do, and they know and they got like a wealth of contacts and stuff like that. I think if they kinda of start off on the premise of the way they started it, I don't know if you're gonna get a lot of people kind of saying naysaying or not really kind of backing that, you know, that's my kind of view. I think if you're kind of starting off that way. And you're not kind of accrediting people for their work then you're kind of like
2: i kind of think it's like the polar opposite to what the whole document is about yeah you know i mean you're kind of like shooting yourself in the foot before you've even started Mm -hmm. and um you know that's the thing you know at least you know people like john and stuff Mm -hmm. like i remember after my exhibition he came down like with Maybe one day mm-hmm. and they took some photos and they were really lovely photos and he did like a post on his blog about um, my exhibition and and he, you know, obviously, like I said, and I don't explain my work mm-hmm. and, um, so this is like an exclusive this podcast, <laughs> keep <Okay>. talking <laughs> about all that, but <laughs> that's so exciting. Um, but like, he wrote this really lovely review mm-hmm. when he didn't know what it was about and and I remember thinking, like, he, you just totally get it, right. and it was just like such a, it was such a nice thing the way it was written, and there's like such a respect there, and mm-hmm. I think that, like, sometimes that's what's lacking, you know, like I can go off and rant and go, you know, people are getting fancy breakfasts and getting to go to talks and all this stuff, and I'm sitting working grafting away, yeah. but they're all looking at my picture mm-hmm. for nothing. Mm. Um, but I kind of sometimes feel like you know I'm an, I want to be taken seriously as an artist. Yeah. I'm not just like a, a, a good picture for a cover a yeah. cover that's going to grab people's
1: attention. Yeah. You know. And but do you think this is something we've known like with artists that like, people just generally seem to take the piss quite a bit? Like it's not not like a social acceptable thing, but it's kind of like oh they uh, they they just like they just they'll be happy for the publicity or like you know I, I've kind of noticed that doing any kind of creative thing I'm being kind of fucked over a bit. And I thought we mentioned it. Off mic to people and also on the podcast, but kind of that feeling of just like, for fuck's sake, I put my time into this. Mm. I fucking took time, I work, work a fucking full time job mm-hmm. and I've actually put time aside to do this, something that I really enjoy doing. And then someone doesn't get back to you, or someone goes like, oh no, I don't think we can pay for this just now, but we just fucking said that, you know, like, yeah. that, kind of, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I think that, like, oh, yeah, I think yeah. the irony in that, like, yeah.
2: every day, I mean, like, <sighs> I went for. God, this is like turning into a massive rant. I'm never <laughs> gonna get an opportunity never gonna get up for this. <laughs> yeah, I went for the Visual Artists Award yeah. um for at seventeen. Okay. And um, Which is
1: now closed now, isn't it? Seventeen. Yeah, yeah it's closed. It is yeah, closed. Yeah.
2: Um and I basically I, like did a proposal for an exhibition mm-hmm. and it was actually the exhibition that I did that ended up coming to the exhibition of Dance Life. Nice. Um, but they didn't end up choosing me, and there was like three awards. Mm-hmm. That's all fine, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, obviously the artists have got it, mm-hmm. you know, really well deserved, and they did really great shows yeah. and everything. Um, but like when they told me that I didn't get it, they tried to do kind of a situation like that, where they asked me to basically do the same thing, but for free, but for like <laughs> about not even a third of the money Jeez, um, and basically no, you know, like the recognition of the award itself is quite, uh, you know, yeah. I was like quite excited because like, I thought yeah. well, that's a really great award to get, like the yes. visual arts award mm-hmm. in the city that I'm from. Mm-hmm. And um, I basically turned around and I was like, totally like, you think I'm stupid? Yeah. Like, what? like <laughs> <nah."> <laughs> and And when I replied, I kind of was just like, I think I'll have to decline this offer. Yeah. And I remember talking to like a people at the studios, people who organize things, again, I won't name names because I don't want to get in trouble, but they were all just like, fuck that, like, you can do your show somewhere else, like, do it somewhere else, and I just decided, I'm going to do it myself, I'm going to get on this and do it myself, and um, I just, yeah, I think it's, like, really important that, like, you remember that as an artist and mm-hmm. like I've met other artists who that's happened to them when they've been involved in festivals mm-hmm. and I'm not saying this is an Aberdeen thing because yeah. it isn't it happens everywhere yeah. it happens. London you know Glasgow mm-hmm. everyone you know artists are getting taken the piss out of sometimes mm-hmm. everywhere but like I heard a, a girl said to, uh, artists in Aberdeen said that's been their day like they were going to do something for a festival yeah. in Aberdeen and at the last minute they were told like oh um we'd still like you to do it but we like we don't have the budget for that piece anymore I felt like saying well you've got the budget for all the big players in this (laughs) festival so and I said to her look don't do it if you do it now you're going to be doing it forever yeah and (laughs) she still did it but I was like well you know each own. everyone's got to live their career career, yeah
1: because you kind of make that compromise my kind of view this is my own personal opinion is that you do that compromise because like you know the people that are the gatekeepers of the, not like there's a big gatekeepers of finances, but the people that can, you know, um, pay for the work that people are doing. Thinking, I don't know whether I mean, it's a small place, the rumors, but I'll oh, get that person because they just did that for like half of that. Right? You know what <laughs> I mean? It's, like, it's not even about actually that kind of like career development and saying, oh, we want to spur this person on, they're doing really good, learn, like, and if we kind of pay them this amount of money, they can carry on doing that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, it is that because you know when you live in the times where financially people be like well what can i get for really cheap you know what can i get so we're not thinking about the person is just is like a commodity you know it's just like this is a business transaction i think when you're dealing with people like that you almost have to get on that level even if it's not you as well you think that's what somebody has yeah. told me last week is actually saying actually you are dealing with like some people you yeah, have to just be like actually Let's just do this no by email, and this is what and I want. Yeah, keep it more. Yeah, like keep, it more, yeah, keep mm-hmm. it more kind of like um, this formal.
3: Detached.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for me, it's like, cause I'm not that kind of person. If somebody can just message me on Instagram or Facebook, and I'm just like, oh yeah, hi, how's it going? I can. yeah, I'm like that. Yeah, songs. but I think like when it's like comes to certain people, I think you definitely have to have your wits about you. If anything, what well, I've known anyway in life, in general, not just doing the creative, but. I think that's kind of one definitely important thing that you touched on, and I can see you're definitely not bitter. Joe is not bitter. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> not bitter. I yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's kind of like. I, I, th- I think it is what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lesson to me, but yeah. it's, it's
2: made me think quite differently mm-hmm. um, Yeah, about how I. I Go like forward making work and how I control like the image and maybe not taking things for granted that people won't screw you, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. I mean that sounds like really like I don't want to be like that as an artist, you know what I mean? But I think like by me speaking up about this it's not to say that these things are a bad thing, you know, it's great that there's a cultural strategy in Aberdeen. If it's effective and everybody gets a piece of the pie, that's great. But there needs to be a grassroots level like you know respect and acknowledgement of all the artists that are in Aberdeen and what they're doing and that's why I like things like what your podcast is trying to do like people working across different like studios and different like opportunities and talking about art and reading people's blogs and listening to other artists even on your podcast as well because you're getting to get a real insight into them as an artist rather than, you know, you might have a perceived notion of who they are yeah, as a person. And yeah. I kind of think that there's a lot of time you spend quite solitary as an artist. So it's quite nice to... Oh, definitely. It's definitely, a, I think, a yeah, solitary... Yeah,
1: I think, you know, definitely, like, I think that is one thing I was going to kind of go and speak about as well, which you kind of, write it's the nail on the head, <laughs> like the next kind of topic is like, that like you have your own studio place and how do you find that kind of solitary way of like working do you find comfort in that or do you kind of feel like I guess because you're on a night room you can just go downstairs or go anywhere it's like hey how's yeah, it going I, mean, like, I
2: really wish that the space as a studio was, was busier mm-hmm. um, you know I'll be honest like I thought it would be busier when I got a studio but you know sometimes there's a lot of like um, it's sometimes nice to have that quiet space and mm-hmm. um, but I tend to make work in like concentrated volume and right. then I'll just have breaks right. and then I'm like, oh my God, working and then yeah. just like breaks because mm-hmm. I have to like, um, th- so my next, um, work, I'm making it for July I' then like a little exhibition downstairs like. in, in the, in our room studio.
1: Mm-hmm. That's July, that the 21st, was it? Um, I don't have a date for okay.
2: it yet. It'll no. probably be, I don't know, I don't know no. what night i opening, it's supposed to be Thursday night, Friday night, you know, no. whatever the art world decides. <laughs> um, but, like, the <laughs> world is so yeah. massive, <laughs> <laughs> um, but i yeah, the um yeah, the next piece of work I'm going to make is going to be shown then. No. Um, so, yeah, I'm just starting to get back into the prep work for that, okay. redesigning the costume, buying all the stuff. But I guess it's also like, you know, when you're funding it all yourself, there's a lot to cover yourself Mm -hmm. and you have to make a, try and, you don't want to compromise the work too much by not investing the money in it Mm -hmm. and, but because if you, if you're an artist, you kind of have to be, that's your life, you know what I mean, and it's worth the investment Mm -hmm. and my work isn't the sort of work people would buy, so, you know, I know when I make it that it's, it's about the experience, you know what I mean, and that's what art is for me. So yeah. that's why I have a job. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I wish I didn't. I wish I could be an artist. Do this forever, time. like yeah. This is like yeah. yeah. It's gonna
1: be here in the studio. Yeah, full time. Be awesome. Yeah, like.
2: but I also think sometimes like having a job mm. is like a disciplined side of your life. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a controlled thing. It gives you a bit of like sort of stability. Yeah. And I think, cause like my upbringing, do you know what I mean? Like I don't, not come from an art background, so you know, when I was at art school, I remember. this this artist came into this talk and it was just, it was like unbelievable. Because my dad was like really like, get a job, like right. you might go to art school, you right, better get a job at the end of right. it. And, the, and that's why it took me so long to choose what my <laughs> specialism was going to be, because I knew he was thinking, be a designer because you'll make money. Yeah. And um,
1: Because you was born in what, in the 80s as well, yeah? Yeah, 83. Yeah, so yeah. I was like 81. So I remember me when I briefly went to like college and did art and design, like my mum, like, I'm from a, like, working class housing estate area, my mom's kind of like, yeah, oh, but this is not, like, a permanent job thing, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm already in her mind, kind of like, but she's from that generation where people just kind of, however, you go to school, you do well, and her generation was kind of like, you should be a secretary or, you know, you should be this as a woman and stuff like that. Yes. So my mom's kind of felt like, she grew up in a very much time, and her kind of perception of things was like, well, you're a young black male, so... You just get a job full time job and do that stuff and I was just like work hard. Yeah,
3: work hard be and be a like, nice yeah, girl, yeah. get married, yeah. have
1: baby. Yeah, that kind of like you know, that kind of thinking as well. And it's kinda of funny that like, he's mentioned how your dad was kinda of like, Well, you're doing this but you still get a bloody job like
2: you yeah. know like I mean he was that he was always like I mean, I'm so lucky. Yeah. Like I remember my mum always said to me, like, I know I we never went to university and you know you know, you're doing something that me yeah. and your dad never did. Yeah. But like, um, we really want you to like follow your dreams, mm-hmm. and we want them to be a reality for you. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, like being at art school was like the best thing that ever happened. You know, it was yeah. an amazing part of my life. And when I was in London, like what I got, people I got to meet, people yeah. I got to work with, be taught by. It was just like, it's really like creative like life that was really exciting and fulfilling but um but yeah i remember my dad like i've always had that in my head the whole time and when i was in my final year at art school mm-hmm. like i said this this arts came from like was it like sweden or something i can't remember and she did this talk yeah. and in it she said the first thing you need to do when you leave art school is sign on the dole (laughs) and and then get back to your studio and get making work and i just remember thinking whoa if i tell my dad that he is going to hit the roof i was like and i ended up being like really angry because i was like you're trying to encourage young artists you have really impressionable minds in front of you right now and you're basically encouraging them to do something and, you know, artists get a bad rep anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. they get constantly. The whole time I was at university, my dad's mates were saying to him, Oh, so it's your kids I'm paying for, you know, oh, I mean? <laughs> do uni and stuff like that. My taxes and yeah. stuff. My dad was like, No, I'm paying for them. Oh. Um, but <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I ended up walking around this talk because I remember thinking, My dad would meddle if I told him yeah. they said that. So, throughout my whole life, I've always felt the need to sort of do that part of it and have that kind of like thing, that structure, mm-hmm. um, and it probably has a lot to do with my parents, but like um, I also think like sometimes I've managed to get myself to the point where, as much as it's not an artistic life, mm-hmm. um, working as a VM at John Lewis, um, I do have a very creative job, yeah. um, and I work with a really good group of girls, cool. and it's really interesting. Yeah. And it's sort of a very corporate sort of thing, so it's yeah. like very corporate, big British business yeah. to like, you know, being this artist who's yeah. like, whee, like, pay my best luck. You know, it's, yeah. there's a big contrast mm-hmm. and I think that that's a good thing in life. Mm. Sometimes when the day job is hard, it reminds you to have the, the fire to like do the art. I oh, think yeah, sometimes yeah. Like, you have too yeah. much time. If I was just this artist like, floating about, I think you might become a bit like, That, that procrastination yeah. is the is Yeah, I think like, coffee and yeah. like, hanging out. It's yeah. <laughs> become like, Whereas I, my time is so like it's precious it? must yeah yeah you yeah just get that as well yeah i like, do i mean i mean because i juggle. like
1: i remember before like off mic and i was saying to you well this is the first year that's been being well i've been qualified since 2011 mm. i've actually taken seriously the flexi and toil days you know I've actually taking yeah. it seriously and I, I used to get this really sounds really weird but i used to be that kind of person who's like you know go on holiday and be like oh could i just take I'll, I'll take a week, I will not take two weeks because I don't want to come back to all these emails and now I'm just thinking like, actually, this is life, life happens, it's not going to stop or, you know, they, I work in situations with young people and in chaotic situations of Yeah, families. it must be quite stressful. Yeah, I guess so, but you kind of get away of actually balancing. T- yes, yeah, that, yeah, detach yourself, from from, yeah, in a way, absolutely. Well, should like, not take it home. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's the point, but then you kind of like... It's almost kind of to that point, point when, like, you know, cases is ever different or anything, if it's quite similar. So it's almost kind of like muscle memory, you know, what you're doing with, like, a case and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, but then I think it's that kind of bit whereas now, I'm actually consciously, especially doing a podcast and saying, well, no, um, I'm taking time that's due back to me and I'm going to do it with stuff that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, like today, like speaking to you and stuff like that, having a good chat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's it's one of those things like getting that balance but then when you got it and i think that's the thing is well i do need that discipline because when i was at university like studying you know you got those, like long like you got those yeah. times said, oh, it's due in a month and i'd be like <laughs> you know cutscene yeah c- yeah <laughs> yeah like, cutscene to me pulling like a 12-hour <laughs> shift or just typing like you know like yeah. just to get like a c <laughs> or d or something yes i passed you know so i think definitely like that kind of experience does right for me, I definitely like soon to you, I need to discipline, I need that kind of like I'm like I'm fortunate that I still I really enjoy my job as well. So that kind of bit if I hated my job more I'll probably be doing more podcasts, you know, I'll be like, I'm I'm starting off sick. Like, right? <laughs> that's, like right, and that's gonna get going, Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Absolutely. Um but oh, no But yeah. So, but um, besides your show in July, um, what else is kind of happening for you? Is there any kind of collaborations this year? Do you think?
2: Um, Well, the next piece of work I'm actually Mm. making is actually working with other people because um, I'm actually working more outwardly, and I'm gonna like basically have three people in the film that I'm making, and me be more behind the camera, essentially in part of it. But like. I kind of like the idea of more of like taking a kind of a like a role as the artist rather than the performer. You can like be more like that is the artist as well, but you know what I mean. Like and actually working with people and trying to get them to see the vision I've got. Yeah. And like, um, I think also it's like moving into a different stage of the work as well, so it's less like self-reflective and more kind of outwardly yeah. pushing. So there will be other people involved in that. Um, And there's another piece of work I really want to make, um, which is a sculptural um, object that will be like, I will be inside it, but it'll be outside somewhere in the streets. But I don't say the streets, it sounds really random. But um, I was thinking Union Test Gardens, but I'm also kind of thinking like, I quite like the quad outside of the anatomy room, or like somewhere where people might just come around a corner and find it. Yeah. so I'd quite like to get that. That's a piece of work I've had, like, literally had a miniature version of for about five years, and I've still not made it. I'm like, I need to get this piece of work made, and yeah. just done and dusted. Cool. Um, but yeah, apart from that, like, I'm really, I don't have anything planned, but, like, I'm really keen to collaborate with people. Um quite like the idea of, like, possibly working with dancers, and making like things they could wear in part of a performance. Um i really like to do music videos. That's oh, something nice, well. I really right. like to do. There's okay. something like kind of I don't know, I just find a lot of like a lot of my ideas for movement and stuff, which is really weird, but like come from like just being like um listening to music and beat and like it's just I like so many very different types of music that like yeah. I just love the idea that music videos really inspire me and there's a lot of stuff in my next piece of work that I'm making. There's snippets, or co- the ideas are from things from various music videos. Okay. Um, so I have always thought oh, it would be really cool to yeah. like, be involved in that, even mm. from a, maybe like the concept of it. Um, maybe not being in it, but maybe like making costumes again right. and stuff like that. And that's something that I would like to do. Um, so, yeah, anyone out there? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, that sounds,
1: sounds very interesting, though. So you've got quite a few things happening. And where can people follow you and, find, and actually see your work as well online? Um,
2: well, I've got my website, junior.org. Um, it's, it needs to be updated. <laughs> I'll just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you won't ever really see my films on there, because i try to keep them. You might see stills and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I need
1: to like put stuff up from like the show I did at Dance Live, and I've got some new work as well. But um, yeah, apart from that, just like get in touch with me on Instagram or mm-hmm. Facebook. Cool, cool. Yeah. Awesome. But no, thank you for coming on the podcast. We really enjoyed yeah, that chat. So much rest. Yeah. Me. No, no, I no. no, no <laughs> <laughs> you know That's <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, so yeah, that was episode twenty of the Creating Me podcast with Joe Moore. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I hope everyone enjoys it, so I'll see you on episode 21, take care for now, bye!